right, all right, day 200. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, uh, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so congratulations. This is day 200. If you've made it this far, uh, we just want to congratulate you. This is a very, very uh, big accomplishment, right? Like this is no small feat um, to come this far in scripture. We've been going since January 1, right? And it's August, what, 23rd. Um, And so uh, super grateful for all you guys who have followed along. Our prayer is that you have seen uh, King Jesus to be as glorious as he actually is, right? That you've seen God uh, in his majesty and his beauty. And so, um, yeah, like if there's, uh, once again, anything you're specifically been encouraged by, we'd love to uh, hear from you guys via social media or via email. All right, so jumping right into Jeremiah today, we're in Jeremiah 21. And remember, we're still in this section of Jeremiah's greatest hits, right? So he is giving his clear, specific, and sharp oracles of judgment to the southern kingdom of Judah. Now, what's interesting here is that in Jeremiah 21, you have uh, King Zedekiah, right? So one of the things we've said about Jeremiah is that he is not going in chronological order, right? He is moving back and forth in and out of different periods of his ministry. However, Zedekiah is the last and final king of Judah before they get taken into exile, right? And so one thing that Zedekiah does, and he's a wicked king, right? Like all of the other cats. One thing Zedekiah does in this text is he's going to send this cat Peshur and Zephaniah to Jeremiah to ask him this. He says this, inquire of the Lord on our behalf. Since King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon is making war against us, perhaps the Lord will perform for us something like all his past wondrous works so that Nebuchadnezzar will withdraw from us. And so essentially he's like, yo, hey, Jeremiah, like this cat is different. Nebuchadnezzar is different, fam. And we need the Lord to pull up so we can at least have some peace. And what they want is, listen, they want resistance against Babylon. But the irony is, is that they really need uh, to be worried about not the king of Babylon, but the king of kings, right? They need to be not worried about Nebuchadnezzar, but Yahweh. And so what Jeremiah is going to say is he's going to say, yo, check this out. Like the outstretched arm, (laughs) the outstretched and strong arm that he's going to speak of in verse five that was for you guys in the Exodus. Now, the the, the text of Exodus, the text of Deuteronomy will say, yo, in Exodus, the Lord uh, extended his outstretched arm. But what Jeremiah and what the text is going to say here is that that same outstretched arm will not be for you in salvation here, but it will be against you in judgment. It'll be against you in judgment. And so the Lord through Jeremiah is going to say, hey, if you would just submit to this discipline, if you would just submit to what I'm doing, right, then from there you will be saved on the other side of the judgment, right? God does not just want his people to go to judgment, but through it. And so he's saying, no, no, you need to submit because my just uh, covenant and wrath has to come. It has to be displayed. It has to be uh, poured out on my people in this text. And so um, what what Jeremiah is going to offer uh, here, not just to the king and to the people, uh, but also to the king's house, is that they are to submit to God's judgment at the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar, right? And so 22 comes, and it just gives more context, right? So it's like, yo, 
uh, Jeremiah is not just giving these oracles to Zedekiah, but also to all of the other sinful kings of Judah, even more specifically for their unrighteous reign and their evil influence over the entire nation. Now, remember, the kings in Judah were from the line of David, right? And so the Davidic kings were called to live up to a standard, right? They were called to, in some senses, embody the law, right? And uh, you, you can read uh, Deuteronomy 17 to get more on that. And specifically, they were to rule with justice and righteousness. So every name we see in chapter 22 from Zedekiah to Jehoahaz or Shalom in this text failed miserably. Right. They were they were they, they failed. <laughs> they knocked it out of part out of the park. Uh, they, they shattered the commandments. Crazy. And so um, the text is uh, super clear about that. And I love what it says in verse 13. It says, whoa. For the one who builds his palace through unrighteousness, his upstairs rooms through injustice, who makes his neighbor serve without pay and will not give him his wages, who says, I will build myself a massive palace with spacious upstairs rooms. He will cut windows in it and it will be paneled with cedar and paint it bright red. Here we have Jeremiah specifically indicting uh, the king Jehoiakim. Um, and he says, basically, you oppressively built your entire empire by the blood of sweat and tears of people who died innocently and never made a dime off of it right and this this text man just reminds me of you know dr king who who was very much um uh clear and spoke in a uh, a jeremiah like tone when he uh said against america that yeah this was a country that saw slavery as so economically profitable that they convinced themselves that it was morally justifiable, right? And what he was speaking to was the way that the country was built on the backs of those who were slaves, those who were innocent. And something was going on similar in Jeremiah's time, right? And Jeremiah is clear that the Lord was very vehemently displeased with this kind of behavior, right? very displeased with this kind of behavior in fact so much so look what 16 says and this is a verse that we don't we don't usually write this one down as on a, as our memory verse look at this he says uh he's talking about josiah so josiah was this good king and he's not alive at this time but he's like yo the reason that the lord was pleased with josiah was because of this he says this he took up the case of the poor and needy then it went well is this not what it means to know me <laughs> this is the lord's declaration in other words he says that josiah took up the case of the poor and needy and to take up the case of the poor and needy is to know the god of the poor and needy the god of the bible and what this is saying to us is that listen knowing god is just as much about how you live as it is about what you believe right it's just as much about how you live as it is about what you believe and the lord is just clear about that in his text and he is clear about his indictment against these unjust kings in chapter 22 and in 23 you know he continues and says hey these kings have been uh terrible shepherds over my people the people have been scattered right uh, because of these terrible shepherds and he's like yo i'm going to intervene come in and gather them right and so what he does is he he compares and contrasts these wicked kings with this great kings these terrible shepherds with this great shepherd look at what he says in verse five look the days are coming this is the lord's declaration when i will raise up a righteous branch for david he will reign wisely as king and guess what he'll do he'll do everything his ancestors did it 
He will administer justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. This is the name he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. It's so funny because um, it's so much going on here. One, the Lord is our righteousness is what this king is going to be called. Now, Zedekiah, technically in Hebrew, uh, the, the his name means uh, the Lord is righteous, right? Uh, Zedek, uh, Yah, then uh, Yahweh. So his, his, his name means the Lord is righteous. And what he's doing is, uh, what he's uh, showing here is a play on words, is that this king, no, no, really will be righteous, right? This, this king really will provide this righteousness, and he will be wise, he'll be just, he'll be uh, 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 one who um, is, is from the line of David. He is this righteous branch, right? He's going to fulfill the Davidic covenant that God made with uh, King David in 2 Samuel 7. He is the one. If Jeremiah is saying, no, 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 like my ministry is built on uh, to, to uprooting, uprooting and destroying, but but God also building and planting. He is the one that is wanting to allow uh, God's people to be planted before him forever. And this is King Jesus, who is the Christ, is the Messiah, right? And it's so good because at the end of the day, like I love that the Lord uh, presents clearly, clearly the problem, but also this invitation to hope, right? And what's to come through his son. Towards the end, false prophecy, false prophecy. My man Jeremiah is going in on false prophecy. He says four things about these false false prophets that are among the people in Judah. One, low morals and low, uh, uh, low character, low morals and low character. That's verse 14 of chapter 23. One of the interesting things I think here I want to bring out is that false prophets are not just those whose teaching errs from Scripture, but also those whose lives err from scripture. The book of Jude says a lot about that too. They invented their own messages. That's verse 16. Three, they did not have a call from God. That verse 20, that's verse 21 uh, to 22. And then four, they were plagiarists. They, they plagiarized their messages. And what he will ultimately say is that these false prophets aren't those who had an intent to deceive, but they are those who are deceived themselves, right? And the New Testament is explicit. Listen, that false teaching is something we ought to be aware of today in the church as well. Right. We ought to be aware of this. And this is why it's so important to spend time in scripture. Right. Because what you will do is you will be up under listening to and hearing false teaching and you won't even be able to tell. Right. Look what Second uh, Peter 2 says. It says there were indeed false prophets among the people talking about Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. Right. They will bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them who bought them, excuse me, and will bring swift destruction on themselves. Listen, we ought to be so acquainted with truth. I said this before that we can easily and quickly spot counterfeit. 24 comes. Finally, the Lord is going to give Jeremiah another sign. And once again, he's going to show him these good figs and bad figs outside of the temple. It says this, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, like these good figs, so I regard as good, the exiles from Judah I sent away from this place to the land of the Chaldeans. I will keep my eyes on them for their good and will return them to this land. I will build them up and not demolish them. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me uh, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God because they will return to me with all their Heart. There's good figs and bad figs, right? The the good figs are the uh, remnant, right? The God is going to restore. He shows that exile is inevitable, but exile is not the end. Restoration and return for the remnant is the goal. It is the final outcome of this text, and the outcome actually 
of history. Listen, God wants to be our God. and He wants us to be his people. I think the application for us today is that if God really wants to be our God and he wants us to be his people, he wants us to live like his people. Let's pray. God, we pray that your texts uh, in your scriptures would inspire us to live like you call us to live. Lord, I pray that we would lean on the power of the Holy Spirit given to us from Jesus, that we can live in a way that pleases 